This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Merrill Hodge made some headlines earlier this week when he was on with the Junkies talking about Drake May. But Merrill Hodge has been pretty outspoken in his draft evaluations uh, throughout his media career. And he jumps on with us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. For those that don't know, Merrill was a good running back uh, in the NFL for seven years right around, uh, most of those with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then uh, a lot of us who are NFL fans uh, were fans of Merrill on the NFL matchup show, which he did with Jaworski and Cosell and Sal Pal for all of those years. Uh, and he joins us right now. So I do want to go back and get your thoughts on Drake May and what you said about Drake May. But I want to start with the other quarterbacks because I haven't heard your opinion on them. Let's start with Caleb Williams. How do you view him? Well, let me just kind of put it in a, in a, let me put a scope out there first. And I think that this kind of helps with how I go about evaluating. If you look at the last five years, 
there's been two guys, five or six years, that have been really special and had a, a special skill set to transition to the National Football League. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean about special, what the keys are to transitioning to the National Football League, because the National Football League is a completely different game than the college game. The field changes, the defenses change, the offenses change, everything changes. And I think most fans don't really understand that. And that's why, you know, so many kids struggle. Um, doesn't matter what the position is, but especially at quarterback. So uh, you got Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud. Now, last year, like C.J. Stroud was the only guy that I gave a first-round grade to because he was truly special, and now I'll define what is special and looking at transitioning a kid from college to the NFL. At the end of the day, how you play from the pocket is pivotal. They make you play quarterback in the National Football League. Okay, That's exactly what happened in the NFC Championship game. They made Lamar Jackson play quarterback. Okay, They made him read things. They made him decide coverages. They made him throw the football. And Lamar has never really played that position from that perspective very well. He's been very good at that run action, um, the simplicity of a passing game, and that dynamic of him running. And they've been able to always – and because they run the football so well, they, they, they keep him in an element that works for him. But they made him play quarterback, and on a second and ten, he, he makes a throw that he should never have made. And instead of getting the first down, he throws an interception. Okay, things I have to really look at, or I look at for a, a guy, one is accuracy. you got to have that. And then the next thing so I'm going to talk about, the blend has to be together. They can't have one without the other because one of them will run you out of the league. Accuracy is one. Processing. The ability to process, throw with anticipation, and function within the pocket and have a pocket awareness. Like if, if you don't have a sampling of that or if you're struggling in that area, it's only going to be magnified in the NFL, and you're going to, you're going to erode and erode fast. So as I look at this group, I, like there's nobody that stands out um, that's like a C.J. Stroud um, or Joe Burrow. So I, I don't see anybody. Now, I haven't gone through everybody. You know, I've, I've been through, um, you know, Caleb Williams – who is, from an accuracy aspect, is elite. I mean, watching him throw the ball to accuracy is like, wow. But he doesn't function well from the pocket because he has this gift of elusiveness that he uses. Like, so in college, you have three, four seconds, sometimes five seconds. Guys right. are wide open. And that's unrealistic, you know, going down. But you have to look at that. And I look at that, you know, for what it is really worth. You know, you look for accuracy. Does he make the right decisions? Now, in the NFL, about 70% of the throws that you're going to make are in a dirty pocket. You mean you got traffic around you and there's congestion and you got to function in that area. So I have a system that I can take all of, and, it, and you don't get a lot of this in college, so you have to group it all together and create an area that looks similar to the National Football League. The, dirty, the pocket's dirty. This is similar to the NFL. How do they function in that arena? So there's nobody. Actually, the guy who stands out the best from that perception is uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU. And then they run a pro-style system, so you can see him processing and throwing the football. He actually functions the best. He's a guy that I, I think is the smoothest. He's pretty dynamic from an athletic perspective. He's accurate, pretty good processor, um, and throws the ball well from a dirty pocket. Um, but he's still not at the level of C.J. Stroud. There's a lot of areas that I'm not going to get into that are, are concerning from understanding stuff, pressure, and so forth. So um, – but where um, Caleb Williams' biggest struggle will be is managing that gift he has. I mean, he won a Heisman Trophy doing it. He's been rewarded by doing that, by running around and being exciting and making all these plays. Um, and keep in mind, when he does 
avoid things, and he does move. He makes a lot of mistakes, too. He makes a lot of bad throws. This is where I talk, I talk about TV lies and highlights really lie. Everybody shows the dynamic plays. They don't show all of the plays. They don't show the other plays that he made. Right. And that's why you have to play in structure at the end of the day. So getting him to the point where he manages himself well, which is this relies on coaching and player. At some point, and I'm not saying it's early, because I think of the guy's ability to move. I love that, having them have that ability, because I think it helps them survive early in their career. What they eventually have to do, though, is take whatever they're doing with their legs and put it in their arm. And those legs are a weapon in their progressive, as they progress, and it's the last thing they do, not one of the first things they do. And, and if you never break that, it can be the thing that just, I mean, it erodes you. I mean, it, it doesn't allow you to really develop to where you're going to be successful and consistently in the NFL because running around is not going to do it. You just, you're never going to run around and win a championship and win consistently. It can be exciting and you can win some games, but you're never going to be consistent. At the end of the day, you got to play within structure and you got to function in structure. So there's nobody that really stands out to me that is extraordinarily special. Now, Caleb Williams, like that accuracy, now that is, it's elite. Now, but that's one phase of it. That learning curve for him, he's going to a team. You know, everybody's talking to Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, well, time out. Patrick Mahomes went to a playoff team, sat a year, had Alex Smith as a mentor, and had some of the greatest coaching in history of the National Football League. Well, that Caleb Williams goes to Chicago, he's got none of that. And that matters. And those are going to be factors. And I always say, and this is true, it's true with all players, but especially quarterbacks. They get ruined mentally way before they get ruined physically. So uh, the kid's mental toughness is going to have to be tested, and I'm going to have to find out, is he tough enough to handle this? Because if we don't go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl our first year, you know what they're going to say. Well, he's a bust, he's a failure, and, you know, how will he handle that? How can we handle that? Um, and there's so many other things and variables that you have to know and be alert and be aware of that if you have, if the kid is soft and he doesn't have that, I don't care what his skill set is. They'll eat you alive in the National Football League. Um, they'll pound on you. Shoot, watch Zach Wilson. I've known Zach Williams. Wilson, he backed up my son at BYU. And I've watched him just mentally erode under the pressure. And keep in mind, one of the areas of his problems when he came out of college, he did not function well in a dirty pocket. If you got traffic around him, if you got pressure on him, he didn't function well. Every game that could do that, both Utah games, Hawaii games, Washington game, Toledo game, and Coastal Carolina game, all the games that they lost could do that. They could create some element like that, and he could not function in that. So it was his biggest hurdle in the NFL. So what did they do? One of the best games they ever watched, or the games they watched, are the Patriots, because the Patriots, I think, are one of the best. Bill Belichick understands the weakness of players, and he attacks that. And they did that to him every single I don't think the Jets beat the Patriots to be honest with you, and the other times that Zach Wilson played. So it just it's just a different environment. So I, I don't watch a kid on tape. I don't watch where he's playing. I don't I don't really care that they're playing against Washington or US uh, UCLA or USC. I watch where he's gonna play. And I gotta and all of those things that you gotta see, if you don't see him, then you gotta put a certain measurement. Can it be fixed? Okay, so accuracy. I've never seen a guy that is erratic become like Right. A bullseye thrower, a spot-on thrower. I've never seen a guy who's struggled reading and processing things um, all of a sudden become really dynamic. I've seen him get a little better, but I've never seen him become really special. Like I say, Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud were special. You can see it in college. I mean, their processing was incredible. 
their accuracy incredible, their anticipation incredible. And when you don't see that, then you got to go, okay, there is a certain level of growth and learning. Can they overcome that? And then getting to know the player um, is a vital component of doing that. Sometimes I can do that. Sometimes I don't get that opportunity. Um, knowing they're smart is not about taking a test. When I heard C.J. Stroud didn't do well in his test, I'm like, irrelevant. And I was doing some scouting with the Steelers, too. They're like, well, he didn't finish well in the test. I go, are we, do, are we testing on Sunday or are we playing football? When I watch him play football, he's smart. That's all I can tell you. I'll give you the kid um, that they said was really smart, blew away the test, um, but did not play particularly smart. And it was a big concern of mine was the kid out of Kentucky um, that the, the, the Titans led us. He did not – I mean, he did some things you're just like shaking your head all the time. Not a couple of times. Everybody does some things a couple of times, but all the time. His accuracy all over the place. Um, he did not function in the in those two elements, accuracy, processing, um, pocket presence, even remotely close to how you have to play eventually in our league. Um, he's a runner. He likes to run over people. And he didn't play like a quarterback. And – I mean, that's I, I honestly blew by one of the reasons he dropped it. I could they go, well, he's really smart. I go, well, he doesn't play like that. Right. Again, are we going to take tests on Sunday? Or are we playing football on Sunday? Yeah. And so many the, people get caught there's up. There's an IQ and then there's a football IQ. Right. And I, and then and if somebody goes, well, they didn't do well on a test. Well, we're not doing tests. If we're doing a test, okay, we've got a problem with that. But he's playing football. And when I watch him play football, he doesn't make mistakes. He plays smart. And C.J. Stroud, I'll tell you, was like, he was my number one player. And, and even, you know, within the scouting organization with the Steelers, they're like, what? And I wouldn't, and by Sean, I had him as a second rounder for a bunch of reasons. He has limitations you're never going to overcome. In the environment he's going into, he's not in Alabama anymore. He's not playing, he's not better than everybody else. Everybody's better than, they're better than their, everybody's guys. Okay, they're gonna was be the number one limitation height? One of them, yes. That you are never going to change five nine and five nine, and even like okay, Kelly Williams is six one. I'm telling you, six one and lower. It is hard. You miss windows. There, there's different, and and defenses play different in the National Football League. They take advantage of that height, and the way they push the pocket, and the way they rush you, and it does eliminate some of six one, less than five nine. Five nine is just that. That is. Think about this. Every week, I got to deal with that. No matter how yeah, well, good kid he is, no matter how hard he works, can't teach I'm never changing. You and I, ever. And then, yeah, what that this does is, is it limits his ability to throw from the pocket. And see, then that 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 and defenses know that, so they can play certain coverages and take advantage of that. They can force you to make throws. That's what drew, uh, actually ran Doug Foody out of the league. Bill Belichick did a game plan on him. I'll never forget it when they were playing. It was a Sunday night game. Wait, on who? Who did you say? On uh, Doug Flutie. Doug right. Flutie. The Bills yeah. go it. This is when Doug Flutie was with the Buffalo Bills. He goes up to yeah. New, England, New England. It's a Sunday night game. And, like, when you plug in tape, you know, things, if they're really abnormal, they catch your eye right away. So the first thing that was abnormal, the safeties were standing around 10, 12 yards deep in the National Football League. That does not happen. They are 15 yards at least. Okay, but when you see 12 yeah. in, in the – So arm strength. Yeah. You know, you're like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. So here's what they did, is they just created a wall and they pushed it. Now they knew he couldn't throw it down the middle of the field and down the field because he couldn't see. They forced him to throw it lateral, which you had to do that. They ran, everybody saw that, started doing that to him. And that's what they did to Bryce Young this year, a lot of teams. 
I mean, it's what they do to the kid uh, in Arizona. Oh gosh, um, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Um, you know, I mean, it, you just can't. You got a game plan, so so you got to try to work through that. And it just you, you can't be consistent with that. Then you're limited how you can throw it, what you call plays you can call. And it's it's just a never ending battle of yeah. just being relentless and and struggling. Well, I got CJ Stroud. I got no issues there. I got no limitations. Like how Charlotte, which is not, not the conversation here, but whoever made that decision, I mean, he fired everybody. So who knows who made the decision? And oftentimes ownership makes decisions like that, quite honestly, you know, but they never fire themselves. They just fire everybody else because they screwed up and couldn't get the kid <laughs> to play to his level. But, um, you know, there's just you so know, many things and variables that are so yeah. much different in the NFL than, than college. And people use, oh, we want a Heisman, irrelevant college event, college award. Yeah. Good for him, right. but that doesn't mean anything about the NFL. So you've said so much here, and I've been taking notes, and there are lots of things that I, I didn't intend on asking you, but I, I'm going to get to those now, and then we'll, we'll come back to the three quarterbacks that could potentially be there for Washington at two in a moment. By the way, you know one of the things, not to name drop, but we all in town, lots of us developed a really good sh- uh, relationship with Mike Shanahan when he was here, and he always said, mm-hmm. accuracy processing slash throwing with anticipation if they don't have it it's really hard to coach them up uh, on that which is what you said um so always two things that i think even we as fans have realized are really important uh specific specific to cj stroud though and your evaluation of him last year what did you see because ryan day and ohio state run a lot of for the lack of a better description, college concepts. There's a lot of line of scrimmage throws. There's a lot of quick game. You know, there's a lot of, you know, spread. There's a lot of, you know, option looks, et cetera. What made you see the dirty pocket opportunities, enough of them where he had on third and eight to stand in there and make the the NFL throws? Well, actually, they, they do less of that than most colleges. Okay, USC, that's another thing. USC, now they... they With Lincoln colleges. Riley, yeah. Oh, Lincoln Riley is lateral, 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 lateral. Lateral, 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 lateral. I mean, I'm bubble screen, smoke screen, RP, it doesn't matter. Lateral. I mean, just like, you know, you watch enough college football, you see the differences. Uh, Ohio State didn't do a lot of that with him. They did some of that. I'm not saying they didn't do some of that. I mean, that... that you should do that in college because of the hash marks, the width of those hash marks because they're right. so wide. When you're on one hash mark, man, you've got the you got four or five extra yards than you do in the National Football League. And and not my oftentimes my guy is faster than your guy, so now I'm really going to use it. You're foolish not to use it. But they push the ball down the field because they use the kid's skill set. So that's another thing. Coaches tell you everything. You know, like well, we'll get to the kid in um, in Carolina. A lot of critical moments, he's always running the ball. I'm like, well, why is he running the football? Okay, I ain't calling the play. I'm just telling you what they're doing. The, the Will Levitz. I mean, it was anything that really mattered. Shoot, this goes all the way back to Vince Young. And it always mattered. And they had to get that first down. They never threw it. They always ran it. I'm like, hmm, who's calling those plays? They know that player better than anybody. Why would they call a run and keep calling runs? Anyway. So I yeah. CJ Stroud actually they pushed the ball down the field. They noticed him. his ability to throw the football and his accuracy at every threatened every inch of the football field. 
And I'm not, you know, talking about the dirty pocket. There's enough. Ohio State plays enough teams that are good. Well, I was going to say the Georgia semifinal game was the game that I thought cinched it for a lot of people because you saw stuff against an elite defense, and you said the teams they're playing doesn't matter, but he probably had more, you know, third down opportunities in that game where he had to deliver it third and medium or long than any game that he had in his career. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, he did this his entire career. You know, that's what I'm saying. The sample, you, you, you might get six plays out of every game. But those six plays, you know, you've just got to put those six plays together, another six plays, another, and pretty soon you have about 90. And that's a pretty good sampling of, okay, how do they function in those 90? And up to that, okay, I heard in the national championship game, the stupidest thing I've ever heard about what people wanted to see. Stupidest. I'm telling you. Still this day, can you run? I'm like, what is that's the last thing I wanted. First of all, he's mobile enough. I've already seen he's mobile enough. He needs to move in the manner in which I need him to move from sliding and moving and being able to make throws, making somebody miss, getting out of the pocket and throwing it. Nobody has ever. If Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson have not run themselves to a Super Bowl, ain't nobody doing it, especially coming out of this class. It's not happening. You know, you just, it, it's too physical. They're too good on the other side, too. It's like disrespecting the defenses that exist in this mm-hmm. league and the men that are playing there and the money they're getting paid and as good as they are. I'm like, you have to function in the pocket. If you do not function in the pocket, you can't do that consistently. You're just not going to win in the National Football League consistently. You'll have moments, but you will never be a guy that you could anchor your entire career on and not get fired by thinking, oh, I'll fix that. I'll fix his accuracy. Oh, you can't fix stupid. You can't fix accuracy. You can't, there's a whole lot of things you can't fix because so many people, that I, and there are more personnel, I mean, more people that are, I call them measurables. Okay, there's measurable evaluators, and this is how you know them. They're not going to say anything about, they're going to start telling you how many yards they threw, how tall they are, how fast they are. They're not going to say anything about how they play. They're just going to give you all these numbers. And I'm like, what do those numbers have to do with anything? If the guy can't play, you know, like what is completion percentage? Irrelevant mm-hmm. accuracy. Irrelevant accuracy. Okay. The Rich, I remember the Richardson kid, Florida, coming out, and everybody was talking about the one game I hadn't watched. And I already knew, I mean, you're better off having him as a running back because he's not a quarterback. I mean, he is erratic. I mean, let me go all the Utah game. He completed X amount of whatever it was. Yeah, I'm the like, Utah wow. was a Utah Completion game. percent. Then I go to that Utah game, I'm like, oh, he did complete. He had one big run. I'm like, well, you know what? He might do that in the NFL, but that ain't how you're going to win a championship, how he ran. And all his completions, I don't think there was one run after catch. There might have been a couple. I just They were, they were so, like, guys were leaning back to catch football, going up, down in the dirt. They are catching it, but the problem is that is not an accurate throw. It's a completion, but it's not an accurate throw. In our league, in the NFL, shoot, somebody's going to be draped on him, and you've got to put it where he could catch it and run. CJ Stroud. Oh my gosh, you watch him do that. Joe Burrow. They don't. They don't. They just don't come around that. Now there's the one kid that does have accuracy like that though is Caleb Williams. And he does have that right. that Williams, but his pocket. There's a lot of growth there that he's going to have to work through and get through. The six one will be a factor, and and harnessing that and managing that gift he does have elusiveness is going to be. That'll be the linchpin for him. If he can get over that type of coaching he gets, can you weather the storm when you're not good for a couple of years in a division that's getting better and you're not going to a playoff team? 
can you withstand uh, get your get your, get your way through that that portion those couple of years and those are big hurdles big hurdles you said you said about Jaden Daniels that he may be you know from a dirty pocket and a processing standpoint the number one in this class so yeah. what worries you about him where you're not ready to say that he's CJ Stroud or Burrow. Well, he, he's not as precise with his precision and his accuracy. You know, that's okay. That's when now we're fine-tuning things. He's not like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll watch him, and he, he just uh, he'll get stuck on things. Some of the pressures he doesn't see, he doesn't – and you could tell he either doesn't see him or doesn't understand him. And defenses are lining up and moving, so a quarterback should be aware right away. You mean, you got nobody to protect this guy. You know, you got to know. And he won't see it. T.J. Stroud would see it. Um he is, he's just a shade off of how good they were of the quick processing and the accuracy with it. And his willingness of anticipation is different than a C.J. Stroud or Joe Burrow. C.J. Stroud, Joe Burrow, their anticipation, process, and action, if a guy is blanketed, they're going to throw it to him. Where he will not, he won't trust it, and he try to go elsewhere. And then he shouldn't have probably went elsewhere. He should have made that throw. Okay, in the NFL, you're going to have to make that throw because you don't have – and now in college, you get away with it about 60% of the time, 70 In the NFL, you're going to get away with it like 20% of the time until you, you all of a sudden you're behind the change and now you're in trouble. So he's just not quite at that that polished. But he yeah. shows great signs of it. And, you know, I, like I, and I really like – you know, he's, he's very um, – I like how he's compact. In his, in his throwing, and he's quick with it when he wants to throw with it. But you can just tell his – now, he's really evolved. I watched him at Florida State – or, shoot, Arizona State. Yeah. And where he's come is incredible, which is – that's a plus. That's a, that means he's got – he grows and he learns, and that's an awesome thing. And where he is, I, I like that. Just from a comfortable aspect, if I have to put my – because these guys are putting their jobs on the line. You know, you're, you're picking a guy – your job is on the line. You know, that's why – that's why people refuse to make a mistake. It's like, we didn't make a mistake. We're going to stay with him. And you already know after two years, sometimes a quarterback it takes three to know what you have. And, yeah. you know, sometimes these guys get you fired if, um, if you make the, the wrong call. Not that you, not that you care, but when we're talking to Merrill Hodge, uh, what I've seen as the biggest criticism of your observation and critique of Drake May is when you said you don't see him being athletic. Why did, why don't you see him as an athletic quarterback? He looks athletic to yeah. most fans watching him. Yeah, well, yeah, you, know, you see him in college. I, I mean, I'm looking at okay, he's he's stiff. Now, that doesn't mean he's not athletic, okay? He's not dynamic, is what I'm saying. He's not going to – nobody's going to go, oh, my gosh, we got to – this guy could kill us with these legs. Actually, he's, he's not a real instinctive runner. He's, he's pretty stiff. Um, you don't – I mean, he can move enough, too, to, that you have – that you like that. You can keep a play alive. And he throws okay off of mobility, nothing scary. Um, you would want him to get down as much as possible um, if he does start moving for fear that somebody will, will wreck him and you might not see him for a week or two. Um, but there's nothing that um, – you know, like he watches him and Jaden Daniels. Watch Jaden Daniels move and how smooth he is and elusive he is and quick he is. And see, James is much quicker than, yeah. um, than the Drake. Drake is, you know, very slow. And his 
his overall delivery. There's a lot of there's a lot of loop and time to that, and there's a lot of things that come from that. You you start remember Byron Leftwich? This yeah. what this what took that was a wind up. Yep. Now he's not that. I'm not saying that, but right. but even to these micro half seconds, okay, you could get extra hits on a guy with you know a little loopier delivery. Um, don't think these defensive backs don't dial in on that, and they see that and stuff. And there's some throws. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was almost picked. And the NFL, that's a pick six. In the NFL, that is a pick. Um, and he is just – I could tell you this. I would never give him a first-round grade. I would never put my name on that because that guy – in the first round, especially the second overall pick, that's, that's how you do get fired by not making proper evaluations of guys like this and saying, oh, I'm going to fix all the stuff I just talked about. I just – Listen, is that the, the, is that the key work. between first round and the investment made, especially early in the first round? Like, you're not saying that he's not a draftable player and that there isn't a chance with time and the right coaching staff that a lot of what he you perceive to be his flaws could be corrected. You just wouldn't use a first-round pick on a guy that needs that much work. Very, very correct. That yeah. second overall pick is like, okay, you are special. You have an elite skill set that he does not have now, okay? And, 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 and listen, I don't know if he'll ever have it because the, the, the accuracy stuff is a big concern. I mean, he is erratic everywhere. I mean, he just absolutely misses throws that you're just like, oh, my gosh. In dirty pocket and clean pocket now. I mean, Did you just, think that about Josh Allen? Okay, Josh Allen, he's always brought up. He was brought up in my meeting when I was talking about um, – well, why do I keep forgetting the kid's name from Kentucky? Because that Will kid Levis. was Will Levis. Okay, Will Levis. Okay, he kind of reminds me of Will Levis a little bit from his accuracy aspect. Because it was, I go, okay, Will Levis was. I mean, he there was even receivers at a, on a hitch route, six yard hitch route. The ball would go like hit in the dirt or up in the stands. I mean, it was all over the place. The even the receiver looked back like, what the heck? And you could see his body language. I was like, they say, well, you know, Josh Allen. I go, oh. Josh Allen was not erratic anywhere but vertically. Josh Allen couldn't – I mean, he, yes, he could throw the ball 90 yards and it might miss by 10. It might be out, out of bounds. It might complete one. Okay. And I know Josh Allen. I've known Josh Allen forever. I mean, he played when my son played at BYU. And I was talking to Josh about it. Jim Kelly is a good friend of mine. And Jim Kelly mentioned it to me before I even talked to Josh Allen about it. And this is true of college, which, to your, to your point – and, and we always have to consider this. You've got 20 hours to work with them. It's limited work. Um, they got all kinds of different receivers. Okay, Josh Allen came to the NFL, and he's like, I, that was a real weakness I had. And I didn't ever work on it in college. Okay, so there's your, your biggest problem. I didn't work on it. Didn't have time to work on it. Well, in the NFL, I got one guy, and we work on it all the time. And I harnessed that and made that better. But he was already accurate everywhere else. He was just that vertical one. And everybody saw that. He was all over the place. He's like, once I started to work on that and I could spend time on that, I could spend 20 hours a day if I wanted to versus 20 hours a week. And that did change him. Now, with what I'm talking about, Will Levitz and the, uh, the Drake May stuff, it is everywhere. I mean, just everywhere. Right. And in every scenario. And that is a huge change. Okay, okay, what happened to uh, Will Levis? Best thing ever happened. Could that happen to him? He got drafted in the second round. So there's that level of expectation he does not have to live under, okay? He can be angry and frustrated. I'm just telling you, best thing ever happened to him. What would be the best thing for Drake May is to not get drafted in the first round so he could 
work on those or, or go to a team where he doesn't have to start. He can work on all of these things because they are things that will – they're just going to destroy you in our league. And that's why I go to the kids ruined mentally way before they're ruined physically. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, his skill set was pro style. All the stuff I just mentioned, he had. By the time he got hurt towards the end of the season, best thing ever happened to him because he was eroding mentally. He was playing fast. He wasn't seeing things. He was doing stuff I never saw him do in college. Yeah. He was doing things I'd never seen him do initially when he started. Why? Man, he, the people were riding him. Um, coaches were not helping him very much. Okay, there were, It was not going favorably for him. And you could see him just absolutely eroding right in front of your eyes. Best thing ever happened to him to get hurt. Move him out of that environment so that he could he could now look and relearn and recalibrate and reset himself and have an off season to get ready, which I think might have saved him. Had it not, he might have been he might have been so bad he could have never recovered. Right. We are talking to Merrill Hodge. You've been so gracious with your time. This is really, really interesting stuff. So I wanna just real quickly, Washington, you know, has a quarterback need. Um, you know, actually, real quickly, what what did you think of Sam Howell coming out, and what did you think of Sam Howell in the 17 games he played this year? Um, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought him up because um, I'm trying to get to um, my quarterback because I have my notes on him. Um, I'll get to him if I can when I'm talking to you. So, but he's a great example um, of a kid who who had you know if he had some real problems. Okay, you talk about. I got the tape where, okay, when they had the, and the, when they're in a situation where, you know, you thought they would call a pass or they could call a pass, you would, you would do that. And they were always calling runs. It was with him. Right. Yeah. I remember it didn't matter. Notre Dame. It doesn't matter what game I watch. I'm like, wow, why do they, and that kid from my, I forget where he got drafted. Fifth uh, what round. round was he? Fifth round. Was, and then that, and that's exactly where I would have put him. And you know what? Here it is. Somehow right here. And I, I mean, I got all these things, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, all these plays. Um, you know, they, well, I'm just, I don't want to read all that. It's okay. Take your time. This is... on, on all this, all the stuff. Yeah. That, you know, just, I don't want to make a, like his pocket awareness was bad. You know, he panics a lot. He was throwing, I mean, he was erratic. I mean, in all aspects, there was one thing you'd be like, yeah, this kid has a shot. So he gets drafted right where he probably, he should have gotten drafted based on the skill set he showed. But now the, to the level of um, accountability for the player, I always give player credit, man. When you have time to work, some players don't work on that. You know, they got time. They just sit there and they're like, you know, they don't get better. They don't work at the things they're weak. And then coaching matters. You know, the coaching he got there, the work that he put into it. When he did come out and play, man, he was a complete – I was like, that's not the same kid I watched in Carolina. That's not the same kid. Um, he's still – you know, but when – you get now enough work on him. There's those inconsistencies that you saw. Like if you, you cleaned up all the things that he needed to clean up, which he did, there's still those inconsistencies. Okay. He's, I think he's about a six, one kid. Yeah. Okay. You see a lot of those problems, the kids around that age, I mean, that size, you know, that height where it does become a, a disadvantage, you know, some interceptions are cause they didn't see a certain thing, you know, they missed certain things. Um, and those are, those can be, you know, Drew Brees would be the the only guy that I could think of that, you know, played at such a high high level without really 
that being a factor. And he'd even mentioned times where it was a factor. So that being said, um, his overall work and improvement and the coaching that he got, you could really see the difference there. But all of the things from the interceptions that you saw, the inconsistencies, you could tell he's he, he's he's more of a backup guy. He is not going to be the guy to get you over the hump. You know, and there's a lot of guys that you see that are just not going to get you over the hump. They lack that, you know, that that, that precision of that accuracy, that, that presence in the pocket, the processing, and the anticipation that, that you need to have talked about the other two guys had. I mean, had Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud. Yeah. No, I think a, I think a lot of us after 17 games would, would, would say the exact same thing about him. So Washington's going to pick number two. They have a need for a quarterback. You've eliminated Drake May as a possibility for them at number two. So would you on Caleb or Jaden Daniels at number two? Well, see, that guy, see, this is, you know, this is the argument that I get when I'm with the teams and teams. And I was like, okay, um, if none of them qualify as a first rounder, why would we do that? And everybody goes, well, this is who we have dealing with this year. I go, so we don't have next year. You know, like, so okay. what, so and, are and you not, saying that neither one of those two guys have a first round grade either? Well, on the first and second, I, I will, I will not say, um, Caleb Williams, do you have uh, a first Caleb, round Caleb, grade no, on him? No, no, I would, I would have a first round grade on, on Caleb Williams with all of these things that we've just talked about that are real concerns and, and they're going to be challenges. Okay. It's, it's, this is a, no, nothing sure. Uh, sure, right. sure. What about Daniels? Sure, First sure. round grade on Daniels or I, not? I and I do. I have and I and he is one guy. Okay, from a Polish perspective, I have the best feel that has a chance to really transition in this league with not as many issues that we got to break. Daniels, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think that Kate. And I guess the reason I'm going, I mean, um, I'm waffling on Kate because I'm just assuming he, Chicago is going to take him. That's why. Um, yeah, but it's everybody's talked about um, um, May and Daniels yeah. being the two sitting there. And I, okay, if, if that is our scenario, I'll, I'll, this is simple. I rush up with Daniels' card. Not even a question. And it's not even a question. I would not. I wouldn't blink at doing that. I'd get him up there ASAP over May. If that's our two guys that we're picking from, and to this point. I haven't seen anybody, and I haven't watched everybody, all the all the quarterbacks to this point. Right. I mean, I'm still. I just put in JJ, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'd never seen a guy who threw the ball less in college football. <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, holy cow! I'm gonna have to watch three games just to get 30 throws. I'm like, yeah, well, he only threw eight passes against Penn State. Didn't throw in the second half of the game. Exactly. And I was like, holy mackerel! I mean, there's like, there's a lot of these games, you know. But okay, now. Clearly, in the, the Prota style of system, and they believe run the football. I mean, he can function under that, but there's already things that are materializing. And I'm like, well, maybe there's a reason they didn't throw it a lot. You know, I go back to play calling. Okay, the quarterback's pretty dynamic. He's pretty good. You know, um, I don't know many guys that are dynamic and good and they're elite that throw it eight or nine times. Right. Even in college. You know, you, you're going to let your quarterback um, sting him if he's that good. And I guess maybe there's a reason they did that, you know, by, right. by design. You know, I'm starting to work through it. So 
I, I have like a minute left here because I've gone way over and you've been incredible with your time. But I wanted to ask you, you know, just a, a couple of quick things. Number one, you said something about Mahomes, about the situation when he came in and he had Alex Smith and he had Andy Reid and he had a full year. In hindsight, don't you think Mahomes would have performed at a Mahomes level had he played in his rookie season? Not so sure of that. And, I, and I'll, here's what I'll, I'll say. I'll, I'll probably say no to that. Okay. And here's why. Here's why. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll give you another guy. There would be a completely different guy if he had started his first year was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came out of a system. You talk about a pure college system. You know, and this is another thing. Like When I say this is a new system, you got to realize – you're running a pro-style system. So yeah. There's combination reads, and now there's defenses they've never seen in their life. Okay, they defense they play they play it so fast that they get your head spinning. And I was a third down back, so I know I did everything but throw the football. I sat in those coaching meetings. I sat in those quarterback meetings. I had to know fronts, coverages, blitzes, hots. I mean everything. I mean it probably would help me get make it in the national football because I could understand that and process that and make up for that. Run routes against it, block, block. That being said. Um, um, gosh, I forgot where I was going with the whole thing. The whole no, thing you, 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 we, you we said defense. that basically Mahomes, you don't think oh, would have been so, Mahomes like no. in his first year right. if they'd gone. And, and I just don't. I, I, just, okay. I just don't. I, I, I think it was a, and it's a credit to Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith and that entire staff because see, you can sit there and teach a kid and talk to a kid, and, and but you don't know if they're investing in it. You know, are they working at it? You know, are they learning from it? Because that, that, that's a credit to Patrick Mahomes. And, and look where he is today. What is the other things you hear about? Like, he's in the car watching tape, you know, when she's, she's I mean, right. it gets credit to the kid. Um, I, I just think it, it was, the, it, it, that's like the perfect scenario for any quarterback, quite honestly. And keep in mind, the, the only thing, and I, actually, I was in our um, draft meeting, he just pinned, but I actually, I actually said this, and I don't say this now because I keep, I was just making up because I know I've known Andy Reid since he was at BYU. We come from the West. I've known Andy forever. He's a, a good friend. And watching him on tape, I'm like, you know, the, what he needs, he's just a wild stallion. Okay. He needs somebody. And I say, like Andy Reid, not thinking that he's going there. I, mean, I, I didn't even really anticipate. I don't, I don't do that. I don't know. Trading and all right, that. Right, he's right. going to do what. And but I'm like, if he just had somebody that could break him, like yeah. an Andy Reid. Okay, and then it happens. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, it ends up happened. happening. But that's right. So that's yep. why I'm saying coaching with Caleb Williams is going to be very important, you know, because he has played a sure. certain way, and he's got to he's got to change that way. He's got to kind of reshift it. That's not easy. Yeah. You need great coaching, and you need a player that's bought into it, and you need a guy who's tough, mentally tough. You know, awesome, I don't know Merrill. That. Thank you so but, much. I, no, I can't tell you how how informative this was, and I really appreciate it. I'd love to do this with you down the road, maybe after the draft. Um, oh, yeah, uh, but, absolutely. We'd love to yeah. do it. Go, I hope you guys get, get things on track, man. I mean, yep. I, uh, I do. I'd like to, I mean, there's, there's nothing better than when the uh, the Washington team, I always like to say Washington Redskins, because they're the first preseason game I ever played in is the Washington Redskins, so I say that off case. Yeah. Well, you, but, um, you, you, when, you, had, you, you, you knew it when it was, you know, when it was a real organization yeah. with some real cachet. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Merrill. Yeah. Really appreciate my it. My pleasure, brother. Yep. Merrill Hodge, everybody. Thanks. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.